Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Who's responsible for clearing sidewalks after a snowfall? That question comes up every winter. Sidewalks on main roads are still heavily covered, and homeowners and businesses are unsure if it's the city, county, or their responsibility. I spoke with Mishawaka and Transpo officials. I also reached out to South Bend as well, and many bus stops are located on main roads like State Road 23, and pedestrians are now having to walk on the roads instead of the sidewalks, which makes it very dangerous for them and for drivers. In residential areas, homeowners are responsible for clearing snow off sidewalks. But on busy main roads lined with homes and businesses, property owners are not sure who needs to clear them off. These roads that don't have kind of homeowners to take responsibility on that, who would it kind of rely on then? Well, it's, somebody's got to own the land. So whoever the owner of the land is, that would be them. Many of the main roads can reach speed limits close to 40 miles an hour. With people walking in the road instead of on the sidewalks, it spells danger. Transpo officials tell me they are accommodating people who ride the bus if their stop is unsafe. Property owners are responsible for clearing sidewalks. What we do tell passengers is to make sure that they find a safe location along a route. So even if they can't get to an actual bus stop location because of snow or ice or something like that, they can stand along a safe location along the route and flag down our operators. Some South Bend business owners were unsure if they are responsible, and some were sure they are not. Mishawaka officials did tell me the city's code enforcement will come around and hand out warnings if sidewalks are not cleared. To avoid any further confusion, make sure you follow up with your city to see who is responsible. The main thing we found in trying to answer the question on whose responsibility is it to clear these sidewalks is confusion. And people aren't sure who is supposed to clear them. So if you do see a pedestrian walking on one of the main roads, slow down and give them room. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. A state representative is hoping Indiana can be the 38th state to legalize medical marijuana. This push comes after Mississippi made the move to legalize last week. I spoke with Representative Maureen Bauer, who says that the governor, Senate, and House are controlled by Republicans, the same as Indiana. And while she admits it's a long road ahead, the Mississippi bill opens up an opportunity to discuss legalizing medical marijuana in the Hoosier state. Unlike Michigan, Indiana does not allow citizens to put medical marijuana legalization on the ballot. It was up to the legislature, and there were a number of bills that were introduced this session, um, but unfortunately they didn't really progress forward on that topic of medical marijuana. Representative Maureen Bauer says 80% of Hoosiers support medical cannabis, adding that the process will not be easy. There has been some pushback from leadership in the governor's office who opposed any changes to what the federal law is. Now that Mississippi has legalized medical marijuana, the representative sees an opportunity for Indiana to follow suit. Mississippi that has the same party balance that Indiana does, with one party rule in the House, the Senate, and a Republican governor, 
we can see an example of what we can achieve. She says it's not a matter of if the discussion happens in Indiana, but a matter of when. I was encouraged when the governor did say that he would like to see a path forward for legalization. Representative Bauer says the issue is finding the first step in that path forward. There is a bill that was introduced in the House by Representative Arrington that just creates what legalization would look like, a simple study, um, testing, labeling, all of that. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't move forward. That means the earliest a new bill could be proposed is in 2023. Representative Bauer says legalizing medical marijuana is vital for the health of Hoosiers. Medical cannabis will relieve a lot of the pressure that uh, people use opioids for, um, or veterans and others with chronic pain. Representative Bauer says even though a law can't be passed through voting on a ballot, Calling your local representative and asking them to consider a legislative bill can make a difference. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Mishawaka's fire department is growing and they've hired a training chief. The fire department's getting busier than ever and the fire union wants the hiring to continue. With firefighters running about 30 to 40 calls per day in Mishawaka, something had to be done to help workflow. The department is hoping the new chief of training will help make things easier. The workload has overrun one person. Um, we do have a battalion chief that assists him in these responsibilities, but every time the battalion chief works, most time he can get his stuff, that stuff done is off-duty time. While the fire union president agrees with the addition of a training chief, he says more is needed. The people on the trucks, that number doesn't really go up. We've had four fire stations in the city of Mishawaka since 1929. Four stations for 93 years. Those manpower increases just haven't been there. Meanwhile, in Elkhart, its fire department looks to expand. They currently plan to add an eighth fire station, something that Chief Sean Edgerton has been reviewing the numbers on. For any additional station, you're going to need somewhere between 12 and 15 firefighters. Um, we will not add those firefighters until we, until we get closer to that point. At that point in time, um, as we move forward with that, we'd like to get those that those personnel in in enough time that we can get them in and get them trained. The firefighters at the new station won't be all brand new hires, Edgerton says, but rather a mix between rookies and vets. You won't have 12 new firefighters at one station. Those firefighters will be mixed in among the, amongst the rank and file that we have now. And then you'll have experienced individuals, you know, at that station as well as young firefighters. Mishawaka's Chief Woodward says they're working with the city first to replace Fire Station 2. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. According to the Centers for Disease Control, more than one in three high school students say they continually feel sad or hopeless. Even younger students are sharing some of those feelings. And the pandemic is making those things even worse for some students. That's why some say school counselors are more important than ever. But there is a major shortage, creating a crisis in some districts. This report was filed last Monday. National School Counseling Week starts today. These important workers are trained in mental health and education. They address the needs in students with mental, emotional, social, and educational issues. We are here for those students that need more. And I was one of those students that needed more. And so I, I understand the benefit of um, having a support team, having a school counselor, having a school social worker. Anxiety in students comes in many different forms. 
Everything from trouble at school and home to academic issues like grades and going to college. It's times like these counseling can play a critical role in student development. Success in a student's educational career is one of the most important. We are able to get into classrooms and provide preventative um, education for all students, but also provide some intervention for kids that are in need. Um, and also, like, we're usually one of the only mental health professionals that some students ever come in contact with. School social workers are super essential um, to the academic success of students because um, the ability for a student to focus, to receive, and to retain information, it just skyrockets when their mental, emotional, and physical well-being is stable. From the pandemic and school threats to bouncing back and forth between the classroom and e-learning, more stress has been added to students while still trying to achieve academic standards. With the pandemic and with the rise of school threats, it's in the spotlight more. We've always had those kids that were marginalized that have needed extra support at school, but now with everybody kind of collectively going through this traumatic situation, it's even a greater need. The pandemic has put mental strains on all roles in education, including counselors and social workers, creating the challenge of not having enough. Many school counselors have had to adjust to online learning and now offer online office hours. To reach out to your student's school counselor or school social worker, reach out to the school that your student attends and they can help further with providing information. They also have community outreach programs that can further help staff, students, and parents. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Thousands of students were at home several days in a row last week from the winter weather. For most, school is not canceled and students are e-learning. Some parents are wondering if there's a limit on how many days a school can have for e-learning from the weather. It's not a rule right now for schools in Indiana, but some school districts are beginning to have the conversation whether there should be. For years, a snow day meant no school and a makeup day often at the end of the school year. But like the last three days, a snow day now means e-learning for most local school districts. We want that in-person learning, but with weather in particular, what it is in this area of the state, we've been able to benefit from e-learning days to keep instruction and student learning going and keep a momentum to what teachers are doing with students at that time without having to worry about moving days to late May or early June. The Indiana Department of Education says it is a local district's decision on how many e-learning days to take. At the beginning of the year, the New Prairie School Board passed a Limit. So in our case, uh, we had had a local um, maximum limit uh, set by our school board of up to six e-learning days per year due to weather cancellation, uh, but our school board has waived that maximum limit uh, for this school year. Students are still switching in and out of in-person learning, and the Indiana State Department of Education says, quote, prior to this week's weather-related disruptions, our data shows that statewide 85% of all Indiana students were attending school in person, 3% were virtual full-time, 5% were virtual due to COVID-19, and about 7% of students were absent. Although in-person learning is always preferred, some schools say it is better than stopping students' learning. Again, WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting.
A huge expansion for Goodwill Industries of Michiana will soon mean more job training opportunities in our area. This is happening in the same building that the Excel Center is in on South Bend's west side. The Excel Center has been in there for a few years, but Goodwill officially bought the building just this past year and is now renovating it. The 57,000 square foot renovation has just started. A large portion of this huge space will be used for education. It will become a full-fledged training center. Adults will be able to get automotive training, CNC training, and construction training inside. The organization says it's spending about $3 million on renovations and another $1.5 million on the training equipment and materials. The idea here is to help everyday people in the community get more career training that might not already be available in our community. How do we get folks to be able to get into that area? We know this is a need. There's a shortage in every one of these industries. And so to be able to help folks get to that level where they can get into those professions, all of those are awesome paying jobs. And they're more than jobs, they are careers. And so those are people that we will be helping. And again, you don't have to have what we call a barrier to employment to take advantage of these things. You just need a desire to want to change and to grow into a hard skill. Some of the money to do this is coming from that huge $10 million donation from Mackenzie Scott. A large portion will come from community donors. Renovations have just begun, but they expect it will be up and running by the summer. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. For the first time this year, giraffes will be among the animals on exhibit at South Bend's Pottawatomie Zoo. Four males arrived a couple of months ago and have been getting acclimated to their new surroundings. Zoo director Josh Sisk gave WSBT 22 a look at them this past week. We are actually the first people besides, you know, Josh here, the director of the Pottawatomie <laughs> Zoo and the trainers, We've been feeding them, but up on a platform right now. That's usually where the trainers are, you know, getting the giraffes used to more people. The four male giraffes, you have Seymour, Maximus, Wyatt, and Kellen. Josh, I think Kellen's one of my favorites. He's, he's more calm than the rest. Yeah, you know what he is, and he, so he's only two years old, and he came from a separate, so they're three or five years old, and they're brothers, um, so they've been together. Then the other one, uh, Kellen, he came from another zoo, um, and he's acclimated really well. Yeah, you can tell he, he's, he's looking at us going, you know, I'd like to come over here, but my brothers won't let me right now. They won't let me. Oh, those big brothers. Isn't that what it's like with older siblings? I know exactly. how it is. Exactly. Okay. The trainers, they've been getting used to them. Yeah, so, so I know everyone's been so excited. So we built this amazing facility. It's 10,000 square foot. And like anything, you know, you get a new dog, you get a new pet, they have to acclimate. So these guys came in about two months ago. I'd love for us to be feeding them right now. They're just not quite used to us. So you can see they've kind of gone to the far end of the barn. They've They're got, like, who's over there? They want to know what this camera is. They want to know what's going on. Um, but, they, uh, but they're doing amazing, yeah. Like you said, the keepers are sending me videos of training sessions they're doing. They're targeting them. They're t like So I've been, I, by the time we open in April, I really feel like we're going to make big progress and they're going to be ready. But it's all by choice. We don't want to make them do anything they don't want to do. So when they choose to come and eat from us, we're gonna, that'll be great. So. Awesome. And the feeding is actually one of the things people can do. But first, you're going to have to meet them, and that's going to be at the next Winter Days. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So one of the things, you yeah. can feed them inside of here and out in the exhibit. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna eventually we'll be able to take uh, branches like this and the public are gonna be able to feed them outside inside but you're right we, we can't promise feeding yet we can promise you're gonna see them 
but we can't promise you're going to feed them. Um, again, it's going to be their choice. Once they decide that they're comfortable and want to start coming up to people. But what's fun is we'll have our visitors start helping us. They'll be the trainers. So as we have visitors, we'll be to say, hey, here's some lettuce. Go see if you can feed them because we'll need that. We'll need them to get used to people coming up to them. WSBT 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 